This podcast is brought to you by the Trinity Whip Company. Battling daily whip fever? Sadly, there is no cure, only treatment. More whips. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship in form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Burning. TrinityWhipCo.com Or look for the link on our main page. TheFedoraChronicles.com This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. This is episode 51 of the Metaphysical Connection, Area 51. I'm your host, Eric Renderking Fisk. While Jim Loretta is on vacation, Walt Schnabel and I discuss the paranormal news of the week, especially NASA's announcement in regards to the recent planets discovered. Then Walt and I discuss Area 51, its history, and possible roles with the alien agenda that we discussed last week in episode 50. We also chat about the other black sites, indefinite detention, and disclosure. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. In some way, something knocked us off the air and we're on a backup system now. It's uh, government or... I don't know. It has to be something though. So what's on your mind this week, Walt, in the, in the realm of, of the supernatural and metaphysical? Where do you want to start? Well, um, well, I, I think we can start with um, Han Solo having a little trouble uh, landing the uh, <laughs> Millennium Falcon. <laughs> I think he, he almost took a ride on the Death Star. <laughs> so for folks... And, who- and wasn't quite sure what vehicle he was driving, whether it's a helicopter or... A- <laughs> I don't know if that's <laughs> true. Good. Well, I don't know. That's what so they say. You know. Appa- apparently, Harrison Ford is uh, is a midnight toker, if you know what I mean. He likes it. Well, you know. he's like he likes his ganja. Or either that, or or Callista Flockhart was uh, is it Callista? Callista Flockhart. Yeah, that's wife, right? Yes. Working the controls. <laughs> <laughs> Working his joystick. Well, is that what you're saying? Well, he was flying. Yeah. I'm just saying. It's a possibility. <clears throat> It is the metaphysical connection, so everything's possible. <laughs> with with, uh, everything. with with added reference to connection. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Um, so I don't know what was going on with that, but anyway, I just thought it was a little, little piece of news to add to the uh, to the mix. You know how to fly, don't you? No. Do you? Whatever. How hard oh can it God. be? I I, I, can, I can just I could just hear all, all of all of the uh, the Han Solo Star Wars Indiana Jones fans clicking off right now. <laughs> hey, sorry guys, but I mean it is what it is. Because the thing is, is I mean, it's not. I mean, the guy made a mistake, I guess. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah, you know. every, every it's not it just so happens he's Harrison Ford. That probably happens multiple times a day all over the United States. You know, well, Jim's not going to be joining us today, so no. or next week. No, he's on vacation for, for all of you. Jim Loretta fan, sorry you're gonna have a you're gonna have a drought, but um, everybody else just signed off who yeah, hasn't already. <laughs> he, he has has been passing along his his. Jim Jim has become the Tom Brokaw of the of the metaphysical. He really has. He so not um, the Walter Cronkite. No, Tom Brokaw he because have those funky black glasses, but. <laughs> Um, and I think that I think that Walter Cronkite is a little bit on the humorless side. Am I wrong? Yeah, he's a little dry. Yes, a little dry. Oh, that's so, the way it is. So, um, without further ado, I'm going to introduce introduce the A word, the the Anunnaki uh, life code. There goes the bell. Which, yeah, you know, I had to get it in right away. Just you know, 
no no plan around. Just get just get Anunnaki right in there. So the Anunnaki the news the news item that Jim sent was an Anunnaki life code, which ties in with probably how they um, bioengineered us or genetically engineered us to get the the fine species that we now are. <clears throat> I say uh, with that with fine in quotes. He's using um, the sarcasm tag. I I, I am yeah, uh, just slightly. There's a lot of fine humans. Yeah. So, Happen to be some, but there's a lot of coarse some, some ones as well. Unfine humans, unrefined yes. humans. Yes, put it that way. We're going to get me started low, on low, low, lower vibrating humans. That's my, mm -hmm. that's my way to position it. Yep. <clears throat> However, the the article I thought was uh, really insightful. It talked about synthetic biology or biosynthetic yeah. bio. It's a, it's a new, um, I guess, scientific category. It's a new field. It's a new, new science field. Yeah. Yeah. scientific yeah. field. Good way to put it. And I guess apparently biology's sort of been lagging behind some of the other um, disciplines. Yeah, yeah, it has like physics and you know they're doing computer all, science and yeah, that stuff is all you know all the IT stuff and everything that's all taken. Yeah, off. yeah. But biology has sort of been the kind of the last holdout maybe of the traditional thinking and yeah. Um, so so what they're doing is they're they're bioengineering um, different. Life forms, yeah. basically, starting with simple cells, and then you know, yeah, just it's a hop, skip, and a jump to to more intricate bio it's bioengineered a, type um, creations it, like humans. This is the flashback to the episode that we did on chimeras or chimeras. Yeah, how, it, however it, you in, in some sense, it is. Yeah. Um, so they so they have a they really have a process for doing this. Yeah. Thing. What they what they do is they've broken the the genetic code. Yeah, you know, which they did. Oh, uh, I don't know how how long ago that maybe was. maybe a decade. Yeah, it was not that long ago. They they kind of delved into the genome and they figured out how it. Yeah, and and that there were four bases basically. Yeah. Um, what are the letters? They're G. Do you, do you have the letters down? G C. G T A C. C G. I think so. Are we are we, are we talking are we talking about the um, genetic code? Are we talking about DNA? Yeah, no. bases, four bases. Yeah, G, now T, they have, C, A. They actually have two more now, X and Y. Yeah. So they can really... That's for chromosomes, um, Yeah, they X can and y. really create um, a pretty definitive um, genetic code. Yeah. And and what they do is they, f they feed that into a computer. Yep. And that, um, in turn, puts that into a printer, and a 3D printer, and prints that out. And then that creates a, a genetic code that can be put into um, an empty cell. And that yeah. cell, in turn, then creates that. Are you talking about a stem cell? Uh, an empty cell? I'm not sure about that. Okay. I would think that it would be a stem cell, but... Maybe. Go ahead. Uh, they have some way of taking all the genetic material out of a cell. Okay. I'm not sure if it's a stem cell or not. It may be. Yeah. They need really, really, well, really because, tiny Because I think stem cells... Yeah. Stem cells are open to... Um, more up, more open to different types yeah. of yeah. Um, change, I think. Yeah, you can harvest stem cells where, and you can put them in a certain... specific cells, like a cell from your liver or something, is very yeah. specific to that yeah. organ. Whereas a stem cell is We're more, talking about undifferentiated cells. Of, yes. And then um, they sit back and, and watch it grow yeah. into whatever... whatever they, it's, it's really like a gene splice, I think, in some ways. Yeah. Um, which is apparently what the Anunnaki did to create yeah. us. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know... You know what technology they they used or had or whatever. But, yeah, 
this is pretty pretty groundbreaking. Something be, something beyond anything that we have right now. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I would yeah. think. Uh, so that's that's kind of pretty big news because they can create. It is. Um, you know, they can create artificial um, just about anything. Yeah. Uh, meat. Beef. Kind of thing. Beef. That's the thing is, is that the thing that has <laughs> really been missing from artificial beef is like if you've ever had a veggie patty, you know. Yeah, I, I have not. But Yeah. Uh, veggie burger. You, yeah, And, and uh, the thing that's missing is the hemoglobin, the blood and the fat that mm. really makes it go, mmm, yeah. yummy. It brings out the the primate in you. Right. And the thing is, is that once you are able to manufacture hemoglobin, then the sky's the limit making yeah. everything I think all, they're, they're doing all, that now. Right? All meaty and juicy. Yeah. yeah. Sort of, I guess. Yeah. It, it, it brings to mind the scene from The, uh, the Fly. We, we talked about this, where, they, where he transports a steak from one place to another. And, yeah. Uh, he has her eat it, has the, the, the female... It, Gina, uh, Davis. Gina Davis. Hey, she, Gina Davis. Like, I don't blame her though. Yeah, it's not quite right. It hasn't tasted There's something that good. missing. There's something wrong here. Yeah. So it, it sort of broke the uh, broke the broke it down atomically and then recreated it, but it wasn't quite right. It wasn't right. You know what it also um, reminds me of? Reminds me of that final scene in <laughs> Soylent Green. Soylent Green is people. It's people. So yeah, green is yeah. people. <laughs> well, that's that's another whole level of uh, of um, dining. I think. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I, you know, I think it's a pretty big breakthrough. At least it opens up a lot of uh, possibilities for. One of the things I've always wanted to know for what we can do is just a little sidebar. Soylent green is made out of people. If yeah. Soylent Green is made out of people, what is Soylent Blue and Soylent Red made out of? I always wondered that. Uh, is there such a thing? Oh, yeah. Well, in the movie, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I never... I always wondered about that. What did they make uh, it out of? Uh, Soylent Green is made out of people. And then there's a company that's actually called Soylent that is like soy products. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's getting out there. That, yeah. was a, that was a chancy yeah. name choice for them. <laughs> Anybody who's seen the movie. I know. I mean, right, Which is probably almost everybody, but maybe not. I don't who know. hasn't seen it? Is that one of those movies that needs to be remade? Yeah, or just man, I, yeah I think it was. It was, that, was um, that was actually written by... Um, Soylent Green is made out of people. Yeah, I lost his name. The guy that, the guy that wrote Jurassic Park. Oh, Michael Crichton? Yeah. He yeah wrote, he's he a great guy. That. Great yeah. guy. Was. Yeah, he was a great guy. Passed, great author. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote some good stuff. Yeah. From a scientific point of view, I mean, using scientific premises yeah. for yeah. his work. So I don't know. You have any anything else on that? Well, the thing is, is, is is that uh, as far as like manufacturing, you know, biology from scratch. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that it's like everything else. It's like a hammer. You could use a hammer to build a house, or you can use a hammer to kill somebody. It's all about how you use the tool. True. True, and, and that's the case with this as well. Yeah, I would, point. I would love for them to be able to regrow limbs for amputees or whatever. I'd love to be able to, you know, have the manufacturer, you know, like if you have like you know crappy, you know, livers or kidneys, have them mm -hmm. regrow your well, own kidneys. Well, I think kidneys. they're kind of kind of moving in that direction. You know, but it's moving toward that. But the thing is, is that then we're going to get into augmented human beings who. You know, it's like Frankenstein, sort of like mm -hmm. you create something that gets out of hand, gets right. out of control. Right. And the thing is, is, is that, and also you're going to have people who, you know, everything's fine. You're fine, Walt. You're great. There's nothing wrong with Walt Schnabel the way I see him now. 
But the thing is, is like, what if you were tempted to, you know, go to your local bio, um, biology manufacturing spa at the mall and say, hey, you know what? I, I want to change this about me. Well, first of all, if you're going to one of those places at the mall, that's your that's problem one. <laughs> that's your first problem. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to the mall for that, ooh, I don't think so. One of those uh, places no. like in the center where they sell the, uh, <laughs> the cheap jewelry and stuff. <laughs> and the keychains with, with your... Uh, with your whole family, and, you know, on it and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I want to have my, uh, yeah, I want to have my jeans altered here. Exactly. You know, yeah, that would be a good, exactly. good move. Well, you know, and, and I mean, I can understand people. By some guy named Ferdinand. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> with a slick hairdo. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to alter some parts of my anatomy, if you know what I mean. And the yeah. thing is, is that, and, and it, it's it's just a matter of time before people start taking genes from one person and putting them into somebody else. Well, to, not only augmented, but complete human or complete, yeah, bioorganisms that are human. Yeah, or, uh, yeah. So, you know, I guess you could call them human. I don't know. Yeah, that, that enters into a whole new conversation about what's human and what's you know exactly. W- would something like that have a soul? You know, right. It's kind of what um, what they were getting to with uh, well, what was made the, the short story that was made into Blade Runner. Yeah, by um, Blade Runner. We're talking Philip K. Dick. The, the short story was uh, do 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 androids dream of electric no, sheep? N- um, and anyway, that's that's kind of what they were getting to with that. Yeah, you know that um, they've created these androids, um, which are not a complete bio biological human being. They're really right. a lifelike kind of robot. Right, you know, right. Uh, to do sort of do our bidding, and then they, they, they go rogue. Yeah, and then that sounds Harrison, exact. That's that, that's, that's or your yeah. boy Harrison Ford at that point is the Blade Runner who yeah. is charged with. He's kind of like a future cop that's charged with Hunt, hunting, uh, abducting them. these, or um, yeah, yeah. Find, finding these these rogue, yeah, rogue uh, creatures and taking them out. Yeah, so they don't do any damage. Yeah. So you know, it's it's an it's an interesting thought. Certainly, a thought that has been broached in science fiction. I think it really often. has been. Yeah, and this and uh, but it also gets into the whole thing. Whereas, is that I mean, like right now we're dealing with issues of human trafficking and and and, and uh, sex slaves and whatever, especially here in the United States. If you follow the news, it's one of those unfortunate things that comes up once in a while. If you make it's this one of the low points of human existence. Yeah. You know? So if you make this biological <clears throat> entity to create yourself. A sex slave, essentially. Mm-hmm. Is is that a crime? Is that is that inhumane? And the thing is, is that it's like, what's to stop you from you know going home and beating up your biologically made, manufactured sex slave after you had a hard day at work? And the thing is, well, is that it's this like thing an has advanced uh, form of a blow up doll. Yeah, sort of, you know. But I mean, yeah, if, I mean, it's it's well, it's it's. But if this it's thing an has, ethical question, really. It's, it's really exactly. It's a matter of ethics. Slash moral question. If this yeah. if this thing has feelings and can respond to you, and has thoughts and feelings of her own or his own, mm-hmm. you know, and the thing is, is that it was just like, what are you doing here? And and I mean, the thing is, is that, I mean, I mean, you know, you th- you think of somebody like Michael Vick who went to prison because he abused a couple of dogs for a while. 
Mm-hmm. You know, which, which I think was justified, but yeah. And the thing is, is, is that what's the difference between beating your dog and beating your synthetic sex mate? Well, I, I can see a bunch of uh, legal issues in yeah. suing, you know, yeah. or something like that. But, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, that kind of thing always opens the door for abuse, and yeah, it's just kind of happens. That's the way human beings, some human beings, approach things. Yeah, you know. Most, I think, I would hope that most people wouldn't, but yeah, who knows? You know, it, it brings up a whole other question about where do you go with that line but, of thought? You know? It also brings <clears> up <throat> it brings up another um, another Steven Spielberg movie, AI, artificial yeah, intelligence, yeah. where the which, kid. It's kind of a weird movie. But it is, it is, it but the odd. whole it was creepy. I thought. Yeah, I thought it was perfect, though. I mean, because yeah. I, I like that kind of stuff. I like, yeah, I, I didn't think it was one of his better movies, but. Uh, I I appreciate where he was going with yeah, it, was, yeah. you know, but I don't think the movie itself really worked very yeah. well. For, it didn't for me. Anyway. Well, if you too. if you look at it as Steven Spielberg and Stanley Kubrick try to remake Pinocchio, yeah, that is well, very. He actually didn't Kubrick start that. Kubrick started the project, and then, and then Spielberg finished. Because he read it, us right? no, another story. I don't know who wrote it. Super Toys Last All Summer biological mechanical beings here on earth discover a robot boy wandering the countryside for 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 you know after centuries looking for his quote mom so looking for disney world yeah the blue fairy something that's yeah yeah you know the whole the whole issue is is really complicated it's really um and and you know now that i think about it that movie did have a kubrick-esque kind of feel to it it, it did. was had it had a dark sort of creepiness yes to it you know that like kind of like pretty much all of his work did in, well, some, in some way um yeah hmm. there, i hadn't there, thought about that I, I don't know what it is about stanley kubrick's movies but they all have the way that the, they're lit with the proper mm-hmm. desaturation they look exactly like a nightmare feels does that make any sense yeah it does no i, I think that's what he was going for yeah you know he wanted to create that um, dark yeah. vision yeah. Um, that he, I think, had. Yeah. You know? So, yeah that, yeah, that makes sense. Just as a sidebar, what's your mm-hmm. favorite Stanley Kubrick movie? Oh, boy, that's a tough one, Eric. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've got to say um, A Clockwork Orange. Yeah, I had a feeling I, you'd I, say I that. just have to because of it. Um, it, it it just worked for so many on so many levels yeah. for me. I mean, yeah. you know, there's there's so many. He made so many good movies, though. It's yeah. hard to to really pin it down to one. But you know, that to me, if I had to pick one, that would be the one that I yeah. was going to. If I had to take one on a desert island with me mm-hmm. with a DVD player, that would yeah. that would be the one I would take. Yeah, because um, it it just there was just so much depth of yeah of what he was. You know, well, it came from an Anthony Burgess novel. Yeah, <clears throat> but it just it just said so much about the disintegration of society. And, yeah, and and still resonates. Oh yeah, may, oh. maybe more so than it did. When oh it yeah, out, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess that'd be my pick. But you know, hard to hard to override two thousand and one and yeah and uh, the Shining. I I you know it's funny when the Shining first came out, I I scratched my head and said, well, you know what. What the what fuck? Was he, what was he doing with that? What the fuck know? was he doing? With and that? go basing it on Stephen King's book, which I had read about 
20 times <laughs> by the time I'd seen the movie. Yeah. That's an exaggeration, but yeah. uh, it was so it was so different than the book and I, I love the book, you know. Yeah. Big huge fan of the book and and then he made this movie that was so divergent from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more I watched it, the more I realized what he, where he was going with it and what he was doing. With what it. do you just, think he was trying to do? Well, I, I think he was exploring a lot of avenues of, of the human psyche. And, and there's some talk about him divulging things about his work with NASA. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's real in depth about, yeah. about what he was doing. But um, it, it's much more in depth, really, than what King did with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was really more about psychological breakdown mm-hmm. than it really was about a supernatural mm-hmm. sort of element. But although he threw that in there too, you know, or, or at least an allusion to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, really very two, two very different approaches with the same mm-hmm. subject matter, you know. Both equally as good, I think, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, then, and then Eyes Wide Shut, I've, I've become a big fan of that yeah. too, you know, so... Uh, just because I had more knowledge about where he was going with it, and yeah. that may even be the reason why he—I I think he was taken out. Yeah, I put down. Um, yeah. I think so. Yeah, but that's my my spin. I, I gotta give. We, uh, we need to do, probably do a whole show on him. On Stephen, yeah, on, on Stanley uh, on Kubrick. Kubrick. Yeah, yeah. By far, my, one of my favorite movies of his is uh, is uh, Full Metal Jacket. Well, no shit. I admire your honesty. Mm. There's something about there's something about that movie about that whereas it just you know especially like when i first saw it when i was 18 19 years old you know and and uh we were revving up the america was revving up for world war three and it was like that was like one of those movies where it you know war is just around the corner and this is yeah it could, I'm, i don't know i don't remember the time frame for that but but you know his movies just they they just get under your skin they do they, they just creep you out, they do you know um and and it's it's um so much scarier the, yeah. the the subtle um divulgence of rea- of some kind of almost alternate reality yeah you know that that really um makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up yeah you know to think that people could act a certain way or could be a certain way and or things the reality could be yeah. a certain way that we don't really yeah. look at you know yeah so I guess we've gotten off on a Kubrick We did, because I here, did but, that, so that's what I did. See what I did there? Another news or item that I think is exciting, because we were actually a part of this news story yesterday, because we were tuned in, um, um, and we actually submitted some questions to NASA, their, the press conference yesterday, about one of the most extraordinary findings in our lifetime. And these findings just keep getting better and better, about the new solar system that they found with seven potential planets for life orbiting mm-hmm. around a star about the size of Jupiter. Right. I think they have three that were uh, deemed potentially happy. Right. Yeah. Right. But, uh, and, so this is this is um, this is a, around a dwarf star. Is that correct? Yeah, it's ta- it's the uh, uh, the star's name is I believe it's named Tapist. And, is that uh, what it is? Yeah. And the and they were looking at this and they were they they did say hey we got to come back to the star and they did back in June and they had been watching it over the past couple of days mm-hmm. and. The thing is, is that these planets about the size of Earth orbiting a star about the size of Jupiter just spinning around and people are wondering, you know, hey, could there could there be life there? Right. And what what form of life? What would it what, look what, like? What level of um, advancement yeah. would there be there? You know, 
And it's 35 light years away, which... Um, 39. 39? 39. Oh, okay. Um, well, keep that number in mind. Yeah. Because that'll that's going to come into um, our show today. Later on. Yeah. Yeah. In, in some fashion. The number 39. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's it's quite a quite a revelation, I think. It is. You know, it was all over the news, and and um, <clears throat> I also saw a trailer for a movie about um, them discovering life on Mars. Did yeah. You, have you seen that? I did. I did see that. Yeah. So I think this is all sort of um, moving towards something. They're dragging us by the nose, waiting to for very to very disclosure. gradually, very very gradually. So this all becomes part of our consciousness. I think is is where it's going. Uh, that, that movie about Mars looks... I don't remember the name of it. I just saw the trailer this morning, actually, for the first time. Where'd you see it? Uh, it was on um, Good Morning America or something. Yep. <clears throat> looks interesting, though. It is. It looks It looks almost like a documentary in yeah. some ways, but it's but it's obviously not. Yeah. You know, they find some kind of a life form on Mars that's... Um, you know, it's it's not an advanced life form. It's... But, but it is a life form. Is this that movie Life, where where the mm. little bi- microorganism takes over one of the astronauts and mm, I don't know. becomes Blair Witch in the International no, Space I, Station? I don't think so. We'll look it up. We'll yeah. look it up. Yeah. Like I said, it's fresh off the fresh off the uh, rack. Yeah. So I, I didn't. I've only saw the trailer you, one time, and I was like, Whoa. "You were too busy." That, pro- looks, that looks good. We know we know what was going on. You were you were prepping for the show. I t- I totally understand that. You were busy. <laughs> yeah, I was. You were you were busy. Right. Yeah. So uh, you want to move into the show topic? Well, or, one of the uh, things is you have something else. So there's no other news items that we can that we can think of. I mean, this is this has been a a big huge. Um, while we're recording this, there's supposed to be um, another news item about um, all the hacks. And this only applies to disclosure. Apparently. Mm-hmm. There have been some hacks and leaks to the news media. And somebody is trying to find the paper trail that goes from the U.S. government to WikiLeaks into CNN. And apparently, while we're having this conversation, there's supposed to be a big, huge news conference about leaks to the media. And, well, and the I thing know is, the White House has been talking about that. Yeah. And the thing is, is that it's like I'm wondering: is it just a matter of time before the rest of everything else? Apparently, if you go on WikiLeaks, and I haven't had the, the I haven't been brave enough to do this, but apparently, you can find FBI and CIA files where they've actually investigated UFO sightings. Mm. Yeah, there was a, one one of the, part of my research. I found there was a there was a 1950 FBI memo. Yeah. Um, that pretty much said that they had um, found abducted, uh, or not abducted, found um, alien craft. Yeah, and and that um, there were there was an alien presence. Yep, um, that goes you know that goes back to just after Roswell. So. Yeah, so yeah, it's been. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if that's available or not. Probably not. We don't know. Yeah. We, we we don't know. But the thing yeah. is, is that there have been a lot of leaks to the media. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, is like, are we just one giant leap closer towards disclosure? Who knows? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I have no way to gauge it. Even. Mm-hmm. All right. We're just going to take a quick break here and uh, read you off a commercial or two. And then Walt and I are going to refuel. And then we're going to get into the next topic, CIA and uh, black sites. Not the CIA. 
What the hell's huh? wrong with me? No, not CIA. Area 51. Yeah. Area 51. Brain freezer. My God. Oh, this is this is show. This is going to be show 51. This is show 51. So it made sense to do Area 51. And it's a continuation of last week's show. Where we're, we're uh, talking about... In some sense. In some sense. Yeah. What are they doing? What are they doing behind closed doors? So stay tuned.
Starship in flight, signals for landing. Out in the vast wide open, the silent night shattered. Another touchdown in the dark desert night. The dark desert night. Baby, just look around. We cannot, we cannot talk about Area 51 without talking about Art Bell. And if we're going to talk about Art Bell and Area 51, we have to talk about the the one moment for me where everything sort of like really became re- real where there was this frantic caller who called into the Art Bell show claiming that he used to work and this is before Area 51 became public knowledge, pub- public knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and this guy said that in a frantic caller and I'm actually going to insert the clip later on unless you want me to play it for you right now no it's okay Okay, so so this guy called in and he said, I work at this place, Groom Lake, Area 51. They're following me. They're doing weird things. Everything that you see in the news is false. Everything that you see in the news is just full of crap. And they're controlling everything. And all of a sudden, like he was, the satellite feed was cut from Art Bell's. What year was this? 97. Oh, okay. So it's not too that long. Ago. Now, and if you can imagine, <clears throat> By the way, this is this is around the time when um, it was. I think it was like either around the time when Carol and I first met, or before we met. I used to spend a lot of time, dry, you know, working second shift, driving home late, listening to Art Bell. Mm-hmm. And this, when I heard this, I pulled off the side of the road, and I was like, "Holy crap! What the hell was that?" Well, do you have this guy's name? Art. It was this caller, Art Bell. The caller didn't give his name. Oh, he didn't. Okay. And the thing is, is that Art Bell was a little freaked out because, I mean, he said, I don't know what happened. The satellite feed was cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he went to a caller and says, now, what did you hear? Calling about the caller who was listening in because right. he was right. ready to go on. Mm-hmm. And it's like this guy called up frequently. And next thing you know, it just like went straight to music. And then the thing is, is that. Was well, that called Coast to Coast? Then? It was called was Coast it? to Coast. Okay, because there's another Coast to Coast connection with this story. Yeah. Um, but for me, that was the beginning. And if it yeah. wasn't for that, I don't think that we would be doing, if it wasn't for Art Bell, I don't think that we would be doing the metaphysical connection because he really opened the doors for a lot of people like us. Yeah, I, I would say that. I would say that. Extended now into uh, George Norrie and yeah. uh, George Knapp, actually, is, is the guy that's going to tie in with our story. Today. Yeah. He's got a big part in this. Um, he's one of the coast-to-coast um, hosts. Um, I think he's on Sunday night. Yeah. Or he may be. Both nights, but I, th- I know he's definitely on Sunday. Uh, he's like there when George Norrie's not there. So, right. Um, <clears throat> well, let's let's kind of back up to, for the people, the listeners who may not have heard of Area 51, there may be one or two people out there that yeah. haven't. Um, it, it, it's pretty much part of the whole lexicon now. You know, um, I, I was in the, <laughs> just for example, I was in uh, the grocery store the other day. And, and they came on the loudspeaker and they said, uh, uh, Bill Smith, please report to Area 51 in the store. <laughs> and everybody's looking around like, okay, where's the aliens? Is, is Bill Smith an alien or what? You know, so it's, it's funny. It's all kind of, it's like public, <laughs> yeah. public awareness now, you know. <laughs> so, um, but I, I get, I think the most logical place to start is, is where, where it is. Yes. Um, what it is 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 a much more complicated question, but yes. but where it is 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 pretty you know 
pretty straightforward. It's a couple it's miles the, north of Las Vegas. Yeah, it's in the Nevada desert. It's uh, it's actually an old um, atomic bomb testing site. Yes. Um, oddly enough, yep. I guess. Um, and up until, um, I don't know what the time frame was, but it was uh, sort of, you could get fairly close to it. Yeah. You know, um, you could actually drive to a place where you could, See you could it. actually you watch could actually and see, see what it. was going on. But this yeah. was before Area 51 became Area 51. Whereas it was before it became like really super popular. Yeah. Like there, there's some there's some discrepancy about why it's called Area 51. Yeah. Uh, some people say it's because of the quadrant that it's in. Right. The number. Um, That's the most logical answer. It, it does make sense. But what other than that it would be, I don't. No. Nobody seems that's to the really only, have that's a, the That's the only legitimate really nobody answer. Nobody seems to have a real clear answer. But, right. but the thing now is that at some point, the military started buying up all the land around there. They bought yeah. like a whole mountain range. Yeah. The, um, the Groom, is it the Groom Mountains? Groom Lake. Or? Groom Lake and the Groom, yeah. Well, there's a mountain range. Is it the Groom, Groom Mountains? Or? I don't know where that name comes right. from. Right. It's Groom Lake. It's a, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a dry lake. It's a dry it's lake. A, it's know, a salt it's lake. It's a lake many yeah. millennia ago. Um, so at this point now, you can't really get near the place. Not anymore. Uh, Not anymore. And the odd thing is, at least I think it's odd, is that it was built by the CIA, mm -hmm. the complex. Um, now area 51 is the name for the whole complex and there's smaller right. divisions within that, yeah. which we're going to get into. Um, but it is actually supposedly now owned by a private company. Of course, we know that that's probably some kind of a front. It's a, it's a shell company, Yeah, we assume. And and it's it's actually policed by a, a private security firm. Mm -hmm. Wackenhut is the name of the security yep. guys. And if you get anywhere near there, these guys are like all over you. They're all they're, over, they yes. They're like all over you. Yes. And, and they're not not nice. No. You know, they, they leave little doubt in your mind that you need to leave yep. as quickly as possible. There's no, and they will follow you. There's until no, you there's no vague. <laughs> no. There's nothing, no. there's no vagueness no. there no. Whatsoever, no. whatsoever. There's no doubt in your mind that you need to get the hell out of there as quick as you can. Exactly. Um, so that's, that's kind of the way it is right now. Um, in terms of, of, you know, actually the government doesn't even acknowledge it. They, they don't acknowledge that there's an Area no. 51. Although Obama apparently did. Bill Clinton was like toying with the idea. He well, made a couple of jokes about it. Well, but Bill Clinton not really. came out with some kind of a statement saying that it, whatever there, whatever is there, has there's no jurisdiction over it. Right. At some point he said that. Yeah. He made a statement about that, which was kind of curious because he was a... He, he seemed to want to know what was going on with the yeah. UFO question yes. at some point. And then I guess somebody got to him and said, "Yeah, you know, all those pictures of all your girlfriends that we have? You know your mom uh, you know, who's you in... You might want to think You know your mom who's in the nursing home? <laughs> yeah. We're moving your mom over to hospice. Right. Yeah, I think right. you might want to make amends. Yeah, wanna, I think you might want to... Change your viewpoint a little bit. I think you might want to... Yeah. So, but apparently Obama made, made a statement about Area 51. So it kind yeah. of... Kinda, I think it might have been on Jimmy Kimmel even. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, uh, you so, can't but, say but, it doesn't and, exist. But by and large, the government disavows its existence. Right. You know, so how they can do that, I don't know. I guess they just say, I guess in their minds they can say, well, we don't call it Area 51. So there's yeah. no Area 51. Yeah. 
you know, but everybody else does. So, yeah. So that's what it is. And that's sort of just nomenclature. You know, there's clearly some kind of a facility there that is large and it's, it's sort of built into, um, I don't know whether it's a mountain or a mound or something. Yeah. And it's covered with like a sand kind of uh, covering. It's the, the opening to it is, is at a 60 degree angle. So it's, yeah. it's hard to see it. But uh, believe it or not, the Russians take regular take regularly take oh sure take spy photos sure of it. and you yeah. can actually go on Google Maps and right. you can actually look right. up Area Fifty One and and see some of the re- redacted images that they have. And but then, there's there's a very intense uh, airspace that's yes you know, that's um, guarded over it. Like if you were you know, a pilot, pri- private pilot, ooh, you don't want to fly over there, boy. That's, if if, if you're, gonna, they'll run your ass right. I off mean, apparently you can actually see that the traffic kind of goes around oh, <laughs> this yeah. area. Yeah, it's it's pretty much must be part of piloting one hundred and one in that and, area. And if you and if you're a, if you're a pilot, if you're an airline pilot, by the way, this is also a perfect time to inject that a lot of the information that I got for this podcast is from Annie Jacobs' book. Inside the real Area 51 or yeah, inside I've Area 51. I've heard of that. It's supposed to be a good book. Now, the thing it's is, is that book. it's sort of like this. You have to sort of read her her two other books, Operation Paperclip and in um, uh, Inside the Mind of the Pentagon. Her, her, she has three books, and they're interwoven. Mm. They really should send, sell it as, a, as, as, an, as an entire volume. Like a trilogy? Like a trilogy, because the thing is, is that what she says in one book ties into another book and then ties into the third book. They're all interwoven. Right. You cannot, you right. cannot, and, and you cannot talk about Area 51 without talking about the Pentagon. And you can't talk about Area 51 and the Pentagon without talking about Operation Paperclip. Because everything that was started in, with Operation Paperclip that the Pentagon knows about is like the Pentagon is like the brain and... The Area 51 is like the body. It's like right. the, right. it's like the secret appendix that does something for the body, but we're well, not really uh, sure. I think it's an underground laboratory. Is what it yeah. is for, for who knows what? We, nobody really Everything. knows. Everything. Every clearly knows. So many black op projects right. begin and end at Area so, 51. So getting back to the airspace, I wonder what happened if Harrison Ford flew over there. <laughs> apparently they uh you know if you fly over there even even military planes aren't allowed to fly over there they will uh, escort uh, they, you they will uh, oh yeah oh yeah they, will, they scramble planes real quick they will scramble planes and they will, and they will, they will escort get you out you. of there they, yeah. they will a get you out of there and if you don't respond they will be shoot you down yes with without with very little hesitation there's a lot of documentation about yeah. about this right, right. so uh, you know something there that they don't they don't want, want you to they, know. They don't want anybody to have um, at least a visual um, yeah. of. Uh, so, you know, who knows? I don't know. It's it's there's something going on there that we apparently fund. I guess we fund. You pay for it, but we have no ability to. If you're fund. listening to this podcast and you are like within the United States, and even some of the budget from uh, NATO from the other countries is also probably funneled to some of these black op really? projects. Yeah, maybe. I, guess. I read I that know. somebody speculated to that. So yeah. if you're in English speaking world and you're listening to this podcast, you probably pay for a little piece of area 51 and the other black op sites. Mm-hmm. So if you just paid your taxes, you, you paid like yeah. a 10th of a percent of your taxes yeah. went for area 51. Yeah. I just made that up, but whatever, <clears throat> whatever. Who knows? It may, it may be true. 
But but the thing is, nobody really has any clear, definitive no. um, evidence of, of what is going on there or what has gone on there. Or, Except for very, very few people. Well, um, the, the story that, that I want to get into, which I think, if it's true, is could be one of the most important stories of the of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's true, that's if, a, that, okay. and that's a big if. We're going to put that caveat on the show. Yeah, and and this is you know this is something that has been you know and there's 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 so many agencies of of disinformation that that you don't know sometimes which is which. Yeah. Whether, whether it's real, whether it's something that's partially true, whether it's uh, completely fabricated, you know. Who knows? You just yeah. don't ever really know. Uh, but the, the the thinking is that at some point the the crash, um, the wreckage from Roswell, yeah, was was taken to Area Fifty One, right mm-hmm. after um, Jesse Marsalis and who the company found it. It first made its way to right. Area Fifty One. Right. Is there any clear data as to when Area Fifty One was first constructed? Did you get anything no. on that? No. I didn't either. I, I seem to remember something about like 1950 or something. Because originally they took the wreckage to Wright-Patterson. Apparently. No, no. It went to Area 51 then. Now it's in Wright-Patterson, allegedly. Oh, I thought it was the other well, way could around. Well, could be the other way around, too. No, I thought it was the other way around. It could um, be the other way I, around. I seem to remember them saying that they took it to Wright-Patterson. And, and Area, then... Area 51 was also supposed to be a facility that they built out in the middle of the desert around the time in like the 1944-45, specifically for the purpose of housing somewhere where they could put the finishing touches on the atomic bomb before they... Oh, they, oh well, maybe that's what it started. Before they set that's, it that's off. That's possible. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, so it was an underground laboratory, yeah. center, and, and which a, I think it still is, but... And apparently they have to <clears> shut down Area 51 because of the tr- because of the uh, the winds that kick up um, irradiated dust and whatever. right. right. So the so the, the the real story that I think um, you know depending on whether you believe this guy or not, and, and some people do, and some people have. The, I mean, the, this guy has taken a lot of abuse. He's taken for, a lot for of his story. He's and, taken uh, a lot of crap from a lot of people. His name is Bob Lazar. Yep. Um, now his his first he his story first broke. Um, on, I think it was, no, it wasn't on Coast to Coast, but it was on... It was before Coast to Coast. It was. It, well, I don't know. It was before the guy who broke the story was on Coast to Coast. Yeah. Uh, his name is George Nori, and for people who yeah. listen to Coast to Coast, they're pretty pretty familiar with him, I would Yes. Um, so he uh, he connected with this guy, Bob Lazar, and he was a journalist for Las Vegas yeah. radio station, I think, or a TV station. I think maybe. it was TV station. TV station. TV station. So he broke this story about Bob Lazar, and... Um, he it it was reluctant on his part, on yes. Lazar's part, to to, that's to the come one out of, with this story. That's one of the reasons why I think Bob Lazar has some credibility. I, I think he does ahead. too, and we're going to talk more about that in in a minute. But so he came out with this this story that he um, from 1988 to 89 worked at um, he, not. I mean, Area 51 is a is a general term. Yeah, he, he worked in a in a section of that called right. S4. Yeah. Which is which is a section of Area Fifty One specifically designated for um, reverse engineering alien craft, right? And that's what he did, yeah. according to him. And he he was assigned a craft. Now now this guy's credentials are somewhat in question. 
He says that he has a degree from MIT. Yeah. Um, and Stanton Friedman, the big UFO the guy, guy, the yeah, big he's guy, he's the big dude. He he is he, he is. did he pay? He, no, he's he's still, he's still with still us. He, he suffered a, a minor stroke this past summer. Right, right. But I, I couldn't remember whether he was still. He's still up and yeah. He's still, still the dirt he, or he's not. still yeah. He's still he's still with us. So he looked into this guy's credentials and apparently couldn't find any record of him being at MIT. Right. So automatically he's going to like dismiss dismiss this guy. I think. Right. Well, which okay, that you know that does say something. Let me just but, interject. But that's not everything. But I want to interject here something really important about Stanton Freeman because okay. the thing is is that. The same thing happened to Stan and Freeman when he came out and talking about Majestic 12. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who tried to research Majestic 12 said that Stan Freeman was full of shit. So Stan Freeman has some idea of what he's talking about as far as things being redacted and and information. I'm not diminishing him at all. No, not not the slightest bit. I'm just saying that his research into... Um, Lazar doesn't necessarily negate Nagar's story. No, Lazar's not at all. Story. It just says that <clears throat> Bob Lazar tells the story, and whether or not it adds credence to it or not, much of his life has been redacted, as it were. Right. So he, he puts the story out with from the urging of, of George Knapp. And and it's pretty incredible when you you know, if you I have to say when you if you just like read an article about it or something, mm-hmm. you'd have to say this guy's like really out there he's he's out there this could be you know something he just totally made up but but when you listen to him and i listened to a recent interview well i say recent it's i think uh 2014 yeah that he it was the 25th anniversary of his coming out yeah stuff yeah um he's very credible sounding you know um george knapp actually coerced him into doing this this revisiting of this this whole story but his story is this. He now, now, this is a guy that obviously, whether he has a degree from MIT or not, I don't know. But he's obviously a really intelligent guy and yeah. has a lot of knowledge about physical principles and, and how things work. Right. And, and his story is that he was assigned to this craft, and he called it the sport model mm-hmm. because it was so like – he uh, Lazar did, did a lot of mechanical things before he – he, he mm-hmm. actually put a, supposedly put a jet engine in a Camaro. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> which is, you know, I'm just saying. So he's got a lot of, you know, kind of out of the box thinking type right. of ideas, which may may be the reason why they hired him to work at right. this place. Now, now that he he says that the security is incredibly intense. It is incredibly tight. They, they board a plane in Las Vegas. Um, they fly there. They land. They board a bus where all the windows are blacked out, mm-hmm. and they take them to this wherever specifically where it is um, that they're working. Right, on, and and they get briefed on this stuff. And mm-hmm. he said he was he was briefed on this craft. Yeah, and the briefing stated that it was an alien craft, and they were trying to figure out how it was what the propulsion system was. On. Yeah, and so so that's what he did. And um, he said that it's incredibly compartmentalized, mm-hmm. so that one group is not really clear on what the other group is doing. Right. Yeah. Um, and you're not even allowed, <clears throat> allegedly. There's no interface between. You're not even allowed to talk to the people while you're sitting on the airplane or you're sitting on the bus. Right, right. It's it's the the security is is incredible. Right. Actually. Um, so there's there's three sections or three units assigned to study. Yeah. There, and apparently they have nine alien craft. Yeah. Um, that they've gotten 
from who knows where. They've gotten you know? stuff. Yeah. They, they've they crashed. They've, who knows where they've gotten them. But so, you know, this is according to Lazar now. And he claims there's three, three units. Mm-hmm. There's, there's Operation Sidekick, which is um, attempting to weaponize the technology that they have. Yeah. You know, that's creating weapons around Makes it. sense. Yeah. Beam, particle beam type of stuff. Right. And things like that. Um, then there's Looking Glass, which, which um, concerns itself with uh, gravity and time manipulation. Mm-hmm. And then the one that he worked on is, is, is Project Galileo, which is concerned with the propulsion mm-hmm. system that they yeah. use. Um, he said that when he first started looking into it, it, w- it became very qu- clear very quickly that this was not technology of, of the Earth, based on mm-hmm. all that he had learned about physics and it, it, it totally countermanded anything that he knew of in terms of physical principles and things like that. And, and what it is, it's based on gravity manipulation. Yeah. Um, and, and he said that the, the, the propulsion system essentially is, um, the example that he gave, and, I, and I, I had a little hard time visualizing this, but he said it was like if you took a bowling ball and put it in the middle of a mattress, yeah. and you put your you put your fist down on the edge of the mattress, the bowling ball would roll toward that, yeah, um, based on gravity. And he said that's it's it's like a front loaded form of gra- gravity manipulation, yeah. So the so that the craft is actually being pulled, as opposed to pushed. You know, when when you talk about a jet engine, it's propulsion sure, going sure. going. Back well, that's out what of the, the that's what the word propulsion means. Right, and it's being pushed forward. Yeah, as as opposed to this form of propulsion where it's being dragged. Yeah, in in essence, and and the and the speed of it is controlled by how much um, gravity is manipulated. Right, and there's there's two different sort of systems that they use to to do that. There's like a low speed system, and then there's one that they use. To travel, the sports car, to, yeah, light, yeah, light speed or yeah. beyond. It's almost mm-hmm. as if, in the way the way that I understand this, and I might be wrong, mm-hmm. is imagine if you can create a gravitational force in front of you, exactly, and it's that's, always that's it. in you, front you, you of nailed, you. You nailed it. Yeah, that's exactly. You're what You're projecting saying. a gravitational right. force in front of yourself, mm-hmm. and then it's pulling you. And as you're moving forward, the gravitational force is always like out of arm's reach. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes you move. Right, right. So he, he said he, he was really having trouble wrapping his head around this, you know, this right. initially. And, and one of the guys he was working with did, did, showed him an experiment. They took, they took a, a candle and they lit, the, they lit the candle and they put it in this field, in this gravitational field. And he said it froze the flame. Um, so it, it actually created like a time blurb or something yeah. where the where the flame was no longer flickering right. flickering it was actually frozen in time so yeah. and he said that gravity manipulation and time are or inter, inter- interchangeable interwoven right yeah which makes sense because you know i th- i think tesla talked about he did yeah and, and that kind yeah. of thing so you know tesla certainly was privy to to this Certain somehow, some way was privy to this, privy to this same kind of information. Like somehow, somehow, mm. time, matter, energy are all sort of interwoven together, right? And you can right. manipulate them to do all sorts of by things. by manipulating gravity, right? Right. 
And that's what the propulsion system is of yeah. these craft, um, which which is why these creatures, these aliens, or uh, these beings can travel great distances in a very short period of time. Sure. Because they can ma manipulate gravity, they can manipulate time. So you could be moving forward in space and backwards right. in time. Right. So by the right. time you get to where you're going, right. mm -hmm. no time had, would have passed. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, which is right. kind of like, it's kind of crazy, kind mm -hmm. of... Well, and, and he said inside the craft, it's very, you know, it's very tight for a human, but it's, he said it's set up for a, for a being that would be probably somewhere between three and four feet tall. Right. So it's, it's very kind of a condensed environment. It's very difficult for a human. It would to, be perfect for my son, Tumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. He'd right. be right at home, and right. him and his He'd cat. Working the controls, yeah. Him, yeah. But, the, but the, apparently the inside of the craft is not, um, it's very Spartan. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like the inside of a Honda Element, I guess. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't know. I've never been inside uh, a Honda uh, Element. Go inside. It's, it's a very, very, very... Um, oh, you mean a Honda Element? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's not luxurious at all. It's got just... Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty a, It's a silly analogy. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, so so his point is that, you know, there's no there's no comfort no comfort needed because the, the time to get from one place to another is so quick. It's It's almost like a computer. Uh, yeah, computer commuter craft, right? In some sense, yeah. right? So these these creatures, these beings, can travel great distances in a fairly short period it's, of it's time. Bu it's built for speed. It's not built for comfort. It's built for speed. Right, right. And he was saying one day or one night while he was there, they rolled it out of the hangar and they started it up. Mm -hmm. However, they did that. He he wasn't real clear on how they did that, but uh, it emanated a blue light, mm -hmm. and it had a. He said when they initially started it, it had a. Um, a slight humming sound. Yeah. Kind of like what we get in our podcast sometimes. Yeah. When, when Eric forgets to turn the, the air freshener off or whatever. That's <laughs> um, but then it's as the they, as, but as then as the, as they got up into another mode, um, it, the humming goes away and it becomes almost completely silent. Mm -hmm. So uh, he didn't actually ride in it. I don't think. Yeah. What he said. Uh, and he, it's unclear as to, to whether they really know how to totally control these things. Right. You know, uh, so then something happened and he, um, he fell out of favor and, and they fired him from, from his job. Cause he was asking too many questions. Maybe they, I don't know whether they suspected of him of some kind of a security breach or something right. like that. He had a big mouth. Um, well, one thing he did do is he did tell one of his friends about this and the guy. And that was it. Well, the guy didn't really tell anybody else, but he said that, you know, kind of logically, the guy said, well, you know, you're just making this up. This is, this well, of is course, crazy. Yeah. So he said, okay, well, let me, he said, there's supposed to be a test flight on mm -hmm. such and such a date. He took this guy and his wife, well, this is Lazar now, yeah. and, and a couple other people. Um, and sure enough, they saw, they saw some kind of a craft. That's it. Appear. Your job's over. You're done. Um, You're done. But the guy, this guy now was also part of this radio show with George Knapp that when they were revisiting mm -hmm. this, and, and he said, yeah, this light appeared, and they were able to make these incredible maneuvers, like 75-degree turns at the drop of a hat, you know, drop of a yep. fedora. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he said, this this guy said, I was, I was sold. You know, he's obviously got some inside knowledge about this stuff. However, on the way back, they got pulled over. Yeah. security no shit and lazar actually got out of the car and ran away so they wouldn't know it was him oh jesus and um 
they figured it out. Somehow. Oh yeah. So that yeah. was that was kind of his. Well, of course, end, you're going to get end, fired end, after that. End of his career, you know. Why? So, why the um, hell? I mean, how come he wasn't assassinated? How come he hasn't been taken out? Well, he out talked yet? about that. He said that for many years he was threatened, and they actually picked him up one time. This is after he was now no longer working. After he was fired. He said he rode around, rode around with a loaded Uzi in his car for, for many, many, many months yeah, and years yeah. after that. He was so in fear of his life. They threatened him over and over again. But they never, you know, apparently never did anything to him. There was, a, there was an agency. It was an agency I had never heard of. And maybe you have. It was the OFI. Okay. Office of Federal Investigation. Have okay. you heard of that? They, um, they searched his house. They mm-hmm. went and like ransacked his house. And after that, he was pretty. He was pretty freaked out. Of course, they didn't. They didn't actually physically do anything to him, but he was threatened. Yeah, threatened and threatened and threatened. Now, um, you know, a lot of people have questioned this guy's credibility. And, well, of and, course, uh, yeah. I think this story came out in '91. Yeah, uh, maybe it was '89. I don't. I don't remember the exact date when when um, George Knapp brought this out. Right. And and George Knapp took a lot of flack for it too. Yeah. But. Um, Lazar mentioned um, something that they that they also use as a fuel, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a very heavy. And we accessed this in one of our earlier shows. Yes, um, it's called U one nineteen or Element one nineteen. I think it is. Okay, it's a very heavy, 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 heavy metal. Yes, and um, it's it's got a very short um, half life. It's got a life half. So it yeah. just doesn't stay around very long. No, but there's an isotope of it yeah. that is is more long lasting which is apparently what these uh, beings use as yeah. their as their fuel and um, I wonder if you're talking about uh, could you be talking about thorium no okay no, that's it's something, something different something heavier and than thorium apparently George Knapp witnessed this it's tied in with Skinwalker Ranch okay when we did that show yes. remember us talking about 119 I do okay I do now um, so it's tied in with that I don't know yeah. how how Lazar fits into that um but that's drawn a lot of skepticism too. Now George Knapp, who's I think a fairly credible guy, he's got he's got a long track record of um, you know bringing these kinds of stories forward in a, in a very credible way. Yeah, um, he buys into Lazar's story. He yeah. he does. Um, so a lot of people don't, but he does. Yeah. Um, and when you listen to him, he's he sounds very knowledgeable, very credible. It seems like you know this guy's either an, an incredible liar. Or he's got the, a story of a lifetime that people aren't really recognizing, or, or you know, yeah, or some somewhere somewhere in between. I mean, who knows? But we the, don't know. but the it's thing, hard to know. I, you know? I, I think I think the thing is as a Bob Lazar is that he comes off as listen. I don't want to believe this is true. I don't want. I I, I wish I was making this up. He does. He does. That's, you know, he's actually he, said he, that. He comes out, as, yeah. he's come out and said, he, yeah, I, I, I wish I didn't believe what I believe here. He, he said on this Coast to Coast show that I listened to, he said, I, I don't want people to, to believe this. He really said that. Yeah. He said because it's so much aggravation for him. He yeah. gets people calling him. He gets all these invites to UFO conferences. He gets, you know, magazines wanting to interview him. And, and he said he just really wants to live his life. He's in his, I guess, late, he was born in 59. So. Okay. So he's probably in some somewhere in his fifties, but um, you know, uh, he he just really has he's not exploited this at all. He's mm-hmm. he's been no. he's appeared at one UFO conference in the in the twenty five years since he's come out with this. 
done very few radio interviews. Um, yeah. Knapp had a really hard time getting him to to do this anniversary show that he that that, that I heard. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like he's he's using it to make money or he's written books or he's exploited it in in any shape or form. And to me, that adds some degree of credibility to what he's yeah. saying. You know. Um, again, it's who knows. It's one of those things that you kind of have to either believe it or you don't. Yeah. You know. Um, I tend to want to believe it. Um, he said that when he, again, it goes back to my idea about magic. He said when he saw the technology for the first time, he said yeah. it's it's magic. It's not yeah. anything that he could have even conceived of in in his knowledge of of physical properties and things. Uh, it's so far advanced. I mean, the thing. I mean, here's he, I think here's where you and I differ on on the topic of Area Fifty One. Okay. Did you just say that you want to believe it? You want to believe it's true? Yeah, I, I, it's like magic. Yeah. I want to believe it's true. Right. See, the thing is, is that I, I know, I know it's true, but I don't want to believe that it's true. Okay. I don't want to believe that the that the federal government would actually be doing this. And one of the things that I had discovered in the show, and I, and, and I put all all of the other stuff aside because you and I took two different directions. Because mm -hmm. the thing is, is that with everything that I've done, there's there's more than just Area 51 here because you do a website search and there are all these other top secret sites out there. Um, there was this one thing, because there's this one thing called, um, there's this um, rendition bungalow that they have out in, of all places like the Ukraine. And they have all of these, you know, all of this offshoot technology that's being used by the NSA to uh, surveil us. Washington Times did a, a, a series of news stories about the, the hidden world and, the, and the, um, uh, the underground top secret government that has all of these top secret programs that are in, in, in existence out there. And who knows, who knows what mm -hmm. they're doing out there? Um, There's a base in, in Dolce. Yeah, the, the Dolce Bank. Yeah, I mean that's another fine example. Um, and and the thing is, is that there's this uh, um, the United States Army Dugway Proving Ground where they have this site where it's like mm -hmm. they test state of the art weaponry that is like right out of Star Trek or Star Wars or or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and the thing is, is that I think the point where I'm where I want to go with this. Well, the questions that I want to ask is, is that at what point are we responsible for demanding the truth and how much of the truth? Well, you can demand it all you want. You're That's not, not going to get gonna, me You're anywhere. not going to get it. You know, you're, you're basically wasting your, your energy. If you, say, if you think you're going to get anybody to, you know, to divulge anything, you, you know, you're wasting your time. Yeah. It's, it's just the big, big question I have is why, why, why is this being kept from us? Yeah. You know, if, you know, they, they, there's people who, who believe that there's actually aliens, gray aliens, working in Area 51. Um, there's, yeah. there's another guy that I, uh, that I, that I he, he's just recently passed away, but his name was Boyd Bushman. And, and there's a lot of people who diminish his thing to do. But he was a scientist that apparently worked there. Um, and he actually had, and this was a deathbed confession. Yeah. You know, and, and most people won't lie on their deathbed. You know, I mean, for various reasons, unless they're insane or whatever. But he claimed on his deathbed that this place exists, that Area 51 is a, yeah. is a, is a, is a laboratory to investigate alien, different types of alien yeah. technology that they've gotten over the years. And he's a scientist. He was, he was a credentialed scientist. 
you know, he could have been insane, I guess, you know, but, and, and there was a lot of, I think there was some dis disinformation put out about him to, to diminish the actual truth of what he was saying. But he actually had a picture of an alien that he said uh, worked, yeah. worked there, you know, a snapshot sort of. It wasn't, wasn't like a, <laughs> yeah. wasn't signed or anything, I don't think. No. Um, but some people think that he might have been given that as a sort of to make him look like a, a, yeah. a nitwit or something, you know. But he, he said the same thing. He said he worked, he worked with aliens there that, were, that were, were helping the human race work on this type of technology. So, you know, whether you believe that or not, I don't know. But, um, you know, he, he had some, like, <laughs> really specific things. Like he said they wore blue jeans to keep them from floating because um, they, they had some kind of different type of um, gravitational... Aliens, expression aliens wearing blue jeans. Yeah, well, that's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just something to to make him look. He said there were times where the um, where they would start to float off the ground, and you would, could grab them by their blue jeans and bring them back down again. So, <laughs> okay. Wow. You know, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. I mean, but, you know, I mean, yeah. we, hey, listen, we're talking about alien beings who have traveled. You know, you know, <laughs> the depth of, of well, of it the, it, of it's, the, it goes the, along with it with it with the gravity. Te um, yeah. System that they use, I think, is sure. what it comes down to. I think their the, the, the way their their body's response to gravity to our gravity is is, is maybe different than ours is because yeah. we're conditioned to it and they yeah. are, and they aren't. I guess. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so inside the ship, it actually creates its own gravity. So you don't need to. Yeah. Have, it's not like in a space station or something where you float around kind of thing. Yeah. It creates its own gravity. Yeah. Um, so again, there's a lot of people who diminish him. You know. Yeah. Um, there's another guy I, I encountered, David Adair, mm -hmm. who, who's pretty interesting. He, another kind of whistleblower. Yeah. Who's who's received a lot of flack because of it. When when he was young, he invented a rocket, which was very directional. You mm -hmm. could you could get it to go. Um, just pretty much wherever you wanted it's, it. To. So it was more like a guide missile well, than a rocket. Yeah, but it was called a rocket. Yeah. Right. It was more like a V two yeah. rocket. I think. Yeah. Um, so the military got a hold of it somehow, and and they tested it, and they got it to land um, in Groom Lake, which is which is right near um, Area fifty one. Where Area fifty one is, yeah. Uh, and they took him there. Yeah. Um, they transported him there. I don't know how. He didn't say. In an airplane, um, and they took him into they took him into this big hangar, um, and um, they put him on this platform. Like now, I don't know how old he was. He was fairly young, I think, mm -hmm. uh, maybe college age, mm -hmm. something like that. Maybe just a little bit older. And and there was a he said the floor, kind of it was a big floor, and it sort of dropped down like an elevator, sort of, and it brought him yeah. down to a whole new level. And there sat. Um, something under this huge canopy and they press a button and they, they raise this canopy and there sat an engine of some kind. Uh, he said it looked like a rocket engine, but none that he had ever sure. seen. Um, and they let him get up on the platform that it was. And he said it was about the size of a Greyhound bus. That was a pretty big. That's pretty big. Pre pretty big ass that's a engine. That's yeah. a pretty huge engine. Right. But the, but the unique thing is that he touched it, and it reacted to his touch. It started turning blue, and there were all these swirls in it. Yeah. Um, 
and the people who were letting him look at it apparently didn't tell him that he shouldn't touch it. Oh, yeah. And they got really... Freaked they, out, they got yeah. really ticked off at him and started yeah. yelling at him yeah. and stuff. Um, and so he got all... He got kind of distressed, I guess. Yeah. And when that happened, when his emotion changed, the color of the engine changed. It changed from blue to red. Oh, and no kidding. So what his... You know, what he came away from with with that was that the engine was was controlled telepathically, and it picked up on your emotions when you when you were in connection with it. He became connected to it when he touched it, and then from there it was connected to his his him emotionally. I wonder if it's still connected to him. I don't know. He didn't say this. This yeah. was quite a while ago. He's he's probably I guess late forties now, maybe mm -hmm. or maybe older. Uh, and that goes back to what they talked about when we were doing the Roswell stuff. That the that the ships were con that the aliens told them that they were controlled telepathically, mm -hmm. um, so it makes sense. Yeah, know, that they they would kind of be able to um, use use thought patterns to, to do what to, they do to get to, it to, to do get what the it engine needs to do, to do yeah. whatever they wanted to do. So that that I thought that was interesting. That is that is like um, wow. And they're actually doing experiments now with with uh, fighter pilots. That where they're putting sensors in their helmets that connect into their brain somehow electronically, I guess. Yeah. And they can they can control the, the plane that way. So we're sort of broaching. We're getting we're getting there. Kind of on it, but nowhere near what this technology is. But the interesting thing that that and I found this probably the most interesting thing, um, and maybe you knew about this, is that Lazar somehow in one of the briefings found out that the alien technology that they had is, is from a race of beings from, um, oh, i got to look this up and get the name correct. It's uh, Zeta... Reticuli. Reticuli. Yeah. Right. So getting back to this, to this planetary system that they just found... They just announced. Um, that is uh, 32 light years away. Yeah. And you said it was what, 39? 39. Okay, so, okay, seven light years difference. Okay, that's yeah. that's an expanse, I guess. But in terms of the universe, that's kind of... Hey, that's just next that's door. That's kind of the same neighborhood. That's just, you know? that's right next door. So I think that's a kind of an interesting connection. Yeah. yeah, Metaphysical connection. But even more interesting than that, to me, is that getting back to Betty and Barney Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, Betty um, channeled her conversation with, with the alien, one of the aliens that, he was like the commander, I guess, of the ship that they, yeah. were, they were taken to yeah. and abducted. Um, and there was a diagram, a star diagram on the wall. And she didn't know what it was, so she asked him what it was. And he said, oh, that's the star system that we are from. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, she didn't know what the hell that was, you know. But when she channeled this information, she drew it. And there's a picture of her drawing. Mm -hmm. um, and nobody really knew what it was because it was kind of crude. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there was this, there was an astronomer who got on board with it and interpreted it and guess what it was. Was that a ridiculous? I mean, it was. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, is that not a, a, an amazing connection? It's, it's, it's an amazing, incredible connection, which leaves me to believe that there's something to this. There's something. Well, it's, it's hard to, to believe that. So two things that are so divergent. Could could come together like that, you know. That was that was an incredible connection for me. I, I, there's a connection I, between. I mean, my mouth dropped when I heard that. There's a connection between Roswell and Betty and Barney Hill and their encounter. 
And and Area Fifty One. And Area Fifty One. I, I mean, Lazar got that from somewhere. Yeah. You know, I don't know where he picked that up. I think in one of his briefings or something. He's, yeah. So he never actually had any contact with any aliens. Yeah. He said. He he actually even um, he doesn't even really have a um, an opinion about that. He he doesn't really know. He doesn't he he believes that there are aliens. I mean, he we, believes that we were visited by aliens, but he doesn't have any thoughts on like what their agenda is or. Yeah. Um, he his work there was very specific. Mm-hmm. It was very specific as to what the propulsion. He was there was. to do one specific, and job. and that's all he really delved yeah. into. Yeah, you know, he he never really cross referenced any of the stuff with any. You know, they didn't sit around at lunch and say, "Hey, what are you guys? Hey, what, are you, what are you guys in the weapon division?" What do you, what do you what do you got on that bologna sandwich, Joe? You know? We figured out how to way to weaponize karaoke. <laughs> right, right. Is that is that bologna genetically altered? <laughs> exactly. It's got hemoglobin <laughs> that's been cooked you know, right in the garden. Right, right. So I don't know. You know, I, I just thought that was an amazing yeah revelation for me. I don't know about you, but. Uh, we, we've reached the point, and we talked about this last week's show. A lot of the people who were first starting out people who were a huge part of the underground facilities Mm -hmm. they're now coming of age whereas they're on their deathbeds and they only have a couple of years or a couple of months left to live Mm -hmm. and they come out and they say hey this is what i was a part of this is what's here and here's what's out there and you have these people who were like at dolce base and they said that, you know, there was an uprising between humans, special forces, and the aliens. Mm-hmm. And this guy had a ray beam and it, you know, cut off like a di- diagonal part of, of his hand. Of his hand. Yeah. Right. And of course, you have that going on. You have these, you have these secret bases that allegedly are, I mean, not, they're, I mean, we're not only just talking about Area 51, Walt. Area 51 is the most notable one. Right. It's probably did, the most renowned one. And I did this research, and it's like, and if you do, if you do searches, if you look in the internet long mm-hmm. enough, and you say, look for, look for areas like Area Fifty One, and apparently, Area Fifty One is not Area Fifty One anymore. Apparently, they've moved it to another location because people like us wanting to go see the the light show, and apparently, they have a brand new facility somewhere. But but then why would they still have that kind of security for, for flying they're, over it? They're still sto- they're still storing stuff there. There's still well, something going on. I still on. think there's there's some kind of um, work going on there. Yeah, I, I, I really do. I'm, I'm not saying there aren't other. But I mean, sure alleg- there's allegedly, a bunch of other ones. Yeah, there's more than just that one facility at Area 51, mm-hmm. and apparently that they're scattered all over the country. There are places in Wyoming. There there are all sorts of secret facilities. The, the thing in is, the country. You, you have to wonder how. They what what do they do to these people to get them to not divulge these things? You know, um, I mean, obviously they 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 threaten people. You know, like they well, did with the Roswell. People, I mean, it, it's, it's exactly what Jack Kennedy said: to have children is to give fate a hostage. Yeah. Whereas well, all they have true, to do but, is is that they. You know, I mean, some of these people come out and say, yeah. I, I mean, there was a one of the things I watched. There was a guy that worked at Area 51 at some point. Didn't give his name, and he was in profile. He obviously didn't want right. his identity divulged. But he said, yeah, he said, I worked with, with gray aliens. They, you know, I worked with them. They, they, yeah. they, they were showing us how to, how, to de- how to reverse engineer things and stuff like that. I, to me, that's the most interesting part and of there's it, a the reason reverse why, engineering part. And, there, and there's a reason why these aliens are helping us. 
There's a reason why. Could it well, be that they can't get home? I mean, the thing is, is, listen, if they have access, I'm sure that these aliens are not totally captive. I'm sure that they would find a way. If you can telepathically connect with the engine of your spaceship, I'm sure you can telepathically connect with your starship and you can take off whenever you want. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really believe that they're being held hostage against their will. Because if it's like, it, look, if they know how to communicate telepathically, wouldn't you think that maybe it wouldn't be that far-fetched to communicate with you telepathically and say, if you don't let me go, I'm going to fucking kill your family. <laughs> I think that they would know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I also have to wonder, you know, do they want to ever get out on the town, maybe go to Las Vegas or something, you know? Exactly. Check, they play some slots or something. Exactly. You know? They'd have to, I guess they have to come up with some kind of a disguise or something. But hey. It's kind of a premise for kind of a funny movie. <laughs> it would be, you know. <laughs> um, sort of E.T. on steroids or something. Yeah, you know, exactly. But, but um, yeah, you know, I don't know, it's perplexing in, in a lot of ways. You, you have to wonder, A, what it, what is it, how much technology that we're using now is, is a result of reverse engineered alien technology? You know, we've done, we've talked about this multiple times now, right. like microwaves right. stuff, stuff, kind of stuff that just kind of appears all of a sudden, you know, that, oh yeah, we've got microwaves, you know, you can go down to Manny's and buy a microwave now, you know, mm-hmm. cook your popcorn with it. Uh, but <clears throat> again, I think it, I think it really all falls, a lot of it falls back to what Jim has said about the, the real reason is that they don't want to let us know that there's another form of energy out there that, yeah. that we could use that they use they use right right they use but they don't want the general public using it yeah because it would kill the um you know all the all the fossil fuel industries you know oh tank, sure or tank that oh you know? hell yeah think about how much the economy how many is million based on that. how many millions of people would be out of work and how many billionaires would have less one less mansion to live in, you know. I mean, well, I mean, at some point you have all the savings. No, I mean, I'm, hopefully I'm you'd save it all. But I mean, no, you see, I know you mean that facetiously. But the thing is, but that's is really that, what it comes down to. But what's the point? There, there's a there's a our population is in the grip and controlled by by a small group of people that don't want to see this technology divulged, and they use the military as their to strong arm people for for one reason or another. I don't know how they get to do that, but they do. I want to. There's two points that I want to interject here, and I want to get back to an earlier point. Could you imagine somehow you get lost in the jungle and you've been held captives by chimpanzees, and the chimpanzees are going to keep you and help them rise in the civilization? They're going to keep mm-hmm. you there against your will. How long would that last? Same thing with the aliens. Do you think like, that kind the of like Tarzan? I guess exactly. Yeah. Do you really think that? Do you think that chimpanzees could hold you captive and help you raise their civilization up? I, I don't think so. No. Uh, well, so how, you're, uh, you're likening that to the aliens. How could the how can the aliens be here if they're against their will? I'm well, sure I don't they, think it's necessarily against their will. I think that, I they're think here for a, a reason. They're here for a reason. We talked about this in the alien uh, agenda last week. Is that you know I, supposedly Eisenhower made a pact with one of the alien races, to, that they could do certain things for their exchange of technology. So maybe that's what it is. You know, I, We don't know. Nobody really knows for sure. That's a possibility. Yeah. I don't think they're being held captive. I, I, I really don't. No. Uh, maybe the, like the aliens at, that came from the Roswell crash were to some degree. Right. You know, but, 
How hard would it be for the aliens, the like the from the Zeta Reticuli, to send out, spe- you know, alien special forces, you know, the Gray Berets, you know, <laughs> you're rescuing their brethren who, who were were, were captured. I mean, you, seriously, you yeah, really don't. Yeah, that, that think, does not make sense. You really don't that's, think that's that? Not, a, not something that makes sense. Why they're doing what they're doing again is a who knows kind of question. You know, but uh, again, you know, there's probably a lot of different theories on that. Yeah. I'd like to know what the hell they're working on. That's, that's yeah. what's, what's in there. You know? Yeah. Here's, what's here, in the, all the other places. Here's one thing, and I, I wanted to close the show out with this whole thing where you were talking about how, how do they keep people quiet? Mm. How do they keep I people quiet? Yeah, so the thing is, is that, and the thing is, is that, so I did a search for black sites and Roswell, and I found this little bit. It's, it's the uh, NDAA, and indefinite detention. And the thing is, is that they, the government has this procedure now, whereas they can pick you up and they can do whatever they want with you. And the thing is, is that it's like, I'm sure that they use something like that to keep you quiet. Whereas... Yeah, I guess. I don't, if, if that's an actuality. They can pick you up off the street and make you do whatever they want. Well, I, I think threats go a long way, too. Yeah. And, you know, if they, if they showed up, whoever they are, showed up and said, you know, we, we can uh, mess with the computer system in your car. And, and yeah. you're, you're, you and your family could be driving down the road. And, and you wouldn't you even know that it was happening until you, you were know, dead. And nobody else would know yeah. either. You know. Could be, a, they'd say it was a computer glitch or something. You know, so. Yeah. Who knows what what they use to, to intimidate people. And if you like, have people. There's a lot of that kind of thing. If I you think, have you know? pe- if you have people in your life and you care about, right. they, can, they, they can easily they manipulate. Can they can yeah. easily manipulate right. that. But um, I don't think there's yeah. very little we can do about it. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I think it's something people should know about, but I, I don't think that it's worthy of, you know, freaking out about necessarily. It is it's, what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. And um, maybe someday some of this technology will start being divulged. Or right. The fact that the big the big the big disclosure is is the fact that we know that there's alien life out there. Yeah. You know, and, and there's an alien presence. Yeah. On it. I think that's the, that's obviously the big disclosure. All the other stuff is just... It's inevitable. Kind of icing on the cake. If everything that we're reading about, if everything that we're talking about, mm-hmm. if, if everything from in now 51 shows that mm-hmm. we've done, if everything we've spoken about is true, it's I mean, disclosure is inevitable. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think it's, I think it's time. I think it's time to come out and say, and I think that they're sort of slowly starting to... Um, Sort of like grease the skids a little squeak, bit. Squeak it out a little bit. I, I yeah. think that they're trying mm-hmm. to pinch it out just a little bit mm-hmm. and, and say, you know, in 2000, like in, in 1994, they said there are these extrasolar planets and they're beyond anything we can possibly imagine. They dwarf Jupiter and these solar systems that we're discovering are way too inhabitable for life. But there are other planets out there. Mm-hmm. And as time has progressed, they've said, we keep finding more and more, like 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 a, a year ago, two years ago, with Kepler. Kepler was responsible for finding 72 solar systems that are kind of like ours, but not quite. They're, mm. you know, and then we're slowly starting to divulge as time progresses. We're getting closer and closer to finding another planet that's suitable for life as we know it. It's right. inevitable. Yeah, I think it's I think that's all part of the um and I, I think it I think it's all part of the it's becoming part of the lexicon of yeah of thought. 
you know, about all these things. And, and then and then NASA is going to get together with the Fox Network for TV, and they're going to have this funny comedy about Roswell aliens getting dressed up to go to Las Vegas to shoot some craps, yeah, stole, play the slots. Stole my idea. They're going to steal your idea. And they have a recording of this. I could actually sue them for copyright <laughs> infringement, probably. And then <laughs> next thing you know, next thing you know, you're going to find out that. No, they really do do that. And and what you thought was just a comedy is actually reality TV. Right, right. Meet the Roswells, you know, and keeping keeping up with keeping up with Clay to Baracto Nicto, you know. Yeah, it would be like the do you remember the old conehead yes. skit on uh, Saturday Night Live? Yes. Like that. They're kind of integrated in society, but they have some kind of odd things about them that don't don't quite don't quite fit. We, we are, are we are from France. We are from France, <laughs> you know. And and the, and, <clears throat> and the thing is is that it was just like and in and, and in 150 years from now, it's going to be a big huge issue. Should 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 men and women and their androids be able to marry gray aliens? It's going to yeah. be a big, huge civil like, rights uh, thing. Guess, guess who's coming to dinner? <laughs> <laughs> oh. What kind of synthetically altered food do you think you should <laughs> offer your alien boyfriend? <laughs> I, think, I think it's got a lot of funny possibilities to it. And, and, you know, I, I think in some ways it's it's good to just kind of laugh about it, you know, so. <laughs> there's some serious side to it, but there's also a you know kind of a comical side to it too. It is, and, you know, it is. I, I choose to go that way with it. You know, I, don't, I think it's funny. I think it's. I think uh, the alien question has a big humor, humorous side to it. You know, and a serious side to it. But, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, do you remember that TV show, My Favorite Martian? Oh, was, I, I love that show. That was one of my favorites. Had the antenna, like like TV antennas coming out of his head. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Something was like funny. that, you know. And then he's going to have some kind of antenna coming in. <laughs> oh, he's really happy to see you. Right. I, I, but it, it's inevitable that, that they're going to disclose this. I think so. It, I, I think it's going to get to the point where, uh, you, know, you know, and I heard another person, I, I can't remember who it was, and I was talking about how, in reference to the to the alien question, how um, religions are beginning to break down now, and, yeah. and um, I think people are starting to look for other answers that that religions are no longer providing for right. people, and and the bottom line is that we are only a part. You know, getting back to what we talked about with Carl Sagan, is that we're, we're just a part of a we're a microcosm in a much larger yeah. macrocosm. Yeah. And and if there was proof of alien life, that would really highlight that issue, knowing that there's life in other parts of the universe. Yeah. We're not just the you know, we're not we're not the only thing there is. Yeah. We're not the only game in town. And I think that we, it would be important for these people to come out and say, Hey, listen, these these nonsensical ancestry fights that you're having over this mountain because you believe that your holy religious leader from centuries ago did something here and that you somehow own it's, it's, it's nonsense. It's BS. There are other planets out there. There are other people, your problem with your religion. And I'm looking right at you. Hmm. The problem with your religion is that you've been taught to believe that the creator of the universe 
has somehow made you special and somehow you are going to, after the rapture and after tribulation, you are, you are going to be ruling the planet at the right hand of, of the son and the father. And that if everybody just, it's just inevitable that you should just, you just, just submit to my authority now. Or that when, you know, when, when the King of Kings comes back, he's going to put this, he's going to, he's going to put the smack down on you. Yeah, and that's, it's, and that's it's, nonsense. It's, it's control. It's, it's, it's nonsense. manipulation and, and control of people. And, it, and it, it really diminishes the idea that, yeah, that's a false sense of speciality. You are special. Everybody's special. You're special because you're a human being with a, sure. with a light body, with a spirit. You know, that's, what, right. that's where the specialness is. It's not, right. You're not special because you go to the, to the Joe Schmo church, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever going- your choice is. I don't know. But, but if that makes you feel special, okay, I get that. I yeah, that's yeah, fine. That's cool. That's fine. You know? Uh, just don't tell me I have to do that. You know, we, right. we, we've broached this subject before, so it's nothing new. But I, I think that this whole alien question could be the next form of that in some sense. You know, um, yeah. who knows, who knows I, what, I, it, what it could lead to. I think, I think that finding life out in the universe and being able to expand out there is going to is going to solve a lot of problems, but I think it's also going to introduce a lot of other problems sure. that we well, are it's not. A, it's what always happens. It always yeah. happens. Yeah, it always happens. But it's, always, th- it's always a duality. But I, I think that there's always a um, a black and a white. But I mean, you know, I mean, fighting over this acreage in the desert is a little nonsensical, and everybody seems to think that somehow they have a special claim to these few acres in the desert, and they're willing to kill for. You talking about Area Fifty One? I'm talking about I'm talking about Jerusalem. I'm talking about oh, oh, oh okay. You're you talking know, about the Middle East. I, I'm talking I about lost the middle, train of thought there. I'm talking about the, the idea that people are fighting to the death over yeah. Well, claim it just of, comes down to how, how many people have died of, because of religion over the yeah. eons. You know, it's just ridiculous. It t- it's going to take somebody to wrap some other people upside the head, saying, "Do you have any idea how stupid you look?" Seriously, you know, well, well maybe a. Uh, Maybe an intelligence that's more, much more evolved than our own could be that guidepost for that. Yeah, know? and, and I can't say well, we've gone through all these things too, but this is here, this is where we are, and this is where right. you can get to. You know? Yeah, maybe I don't know. Could it just be know. that? Could you just live here? Could you just, could you just live here? Do you really have to? Do you, do you really have to kill each other? Or yeah, do, you, do you have to beat somebody over the head with your religion and exactly. say that it's the that's the only right one? You do know? you really have to treat people? And if sh- you don't agree with me, I'm gonna like blow you up. That that's you know? it's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's it's so primitive and so unevolved and so, yeah. But it's, it's, it's where perverse. we it's where we find ourselves. It's it's mm-hmm. it's it's how religion has been perversed to well, c- control you. Yeah, well, exactly, and that's what I'm getting to is maybe that this you know may, maybe. An alien presence could turn that around in some yeah. sense, you know, and maybe that's what it's. You know, in a in a positive sense, I hope that's what it's leading. I don't to. think I don't think yeah. that they're going to come down and save us. I think they're just going to come down no, no, and just I don't, tell I don't us, mean that. I knock mean it that. off. No, I don't mean that. I mean that if we get so um, devolved to the point where there's going to be, you know, an imminent world war, another world war, which would basically wipe everything right. out, probably they. That they might put <laughs> put the kibosh on, that, or they just know? might let it happen. And, well, and I, I hope not. They they would just let it happen. Can say, I, hey, one less problem to to. Because the thing maybe, is, is that yeah. I mean, look at everything that we. Have, I, I would hope that's not. I true. would think that aliens would look at our history and say, "What have we done to 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 the indigenous people in North and South America? 
Well, first of all, we renamed it North and South America. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then and then things got bad. Yeah. Why why would they allow us to leave and do the same thing on other worlds where life already exists? Why would they allow that to happen? I don't think well, they would. I, I think we're viewed as an evolving species. Sure. And, and there's probably is some prime directive in the universe, which is what they talked about in Star Trek, where they can only intervene so much. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe that's what it all comes down yeah. to, you know. But I don't think they're going to allow us to annihilate ourselves. I, I don't think that's okay. something that's going to happen. You and I can disagree for... I, I, yeah, I, I, that's my spin. I just, I just don't think that's going to happen. I would, th- I, I would think that they would allow us to de- destroy ourselves here rather than going out and destroying other life out there. I think that, I think that's a possibility. Eh, maybe, possibly. I, I just think they're only going to let us go so far. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, they might quarantine us, which yeah. I think we may already be. Um, so they can only get so far out into the. Like into we haven't gone back with to a, the moon with, a, with our own special form like, of, we, of um, you know. We haven't gone back. To, right. We haven't gone back to the moon for a reason, and who knows what that reason is? Yeah, we Maybe don't know. We were told. Yeah, it goes back to two thousand and one Kubrick's movie about yeah where the where the, the album, monolith where the monolith yeah. comes up. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that was a beacon. Like, yeah. Well, they're they're here. <laughs> By the way, they made it to the moon. So they made it to the moon. Better, you better do something about that. It's only a matter of time before they make it to Jupiter when that happens. Right. So I don't know. It's hard to say. It's all conjecture. It's all yeah. opinion. It's. Um, Again, let, let's hear from the listeners if anybody's got a thought about it. Do you think that, what do you think <clears throat> aliens are here for? Because I don't think they're captive. No, I and don't how, think that's And, think and that's how possible. far do you think they're going to let us go before we go so far off the rails? Right. Or, or will they? Will they let us destroy ourselves or will yeah. they stop that from happening? You yes. I mean, there's been a lot of sightings of, of alien craft over uh, nuclear facilities. Nuclear silos. Right. So who knows? You know, there was that one story. There was that one story about that, the, the, the two guys working the nuclear silo. And I guess the aliens were just screwing with them and just shut everything down. Well, they took control of the controls. <laughs> they, took control. they took control away from them. Yeah. They, <laughs> so maybe it was like, hey, you know, <laughs> we, could, we could do this. If we we, could, we could do this. Yeah. Oh, oh by the way. Yes. In right. case you were wondering, right. <laughs> it's like if you're driving in your in your car and all of a sudden, you know, the auto, autopilot kicked in and you yeah. don't have one. Yeah, you know? Here, and, so. he, and here's some, here here's a horror that kids <laughs> younger than us don't really remember. Do you remember driving down the road and for whatever reason your car would just stop, your car would just stall? Yeah, I, I think I might have had that happen. I had a Chevy things. Chevette do no, that not, to me not once a good in a while. Thing. Yeah, You're driving down the highway and all of a sudden it just dies. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's bad in uh, the fast lane going about 70 miles an hour. Man. That's why my father used to yell at me, don't drive in the fast lane, yeah. that's death. <laughs> Did he sing Life in the Fast Lane? <laughs> no, he didn't dare. <laughs> you know. I didn't know it. And, that, and that's why whenever I got a speeding ticket with the, with a Chevy Chevette and I had to go to the judge and he says, you're speeding a Chevy Chevette? Yeah, well, no way. That's, that's, Get out of here. That's your biggest problem. Get out of here. It's not the speeding. It's the fact that you're doing it in a Chevy Chevette. There's no, there's no way you can get a Chevy Chevette to go over 55 miles an hour. Get out of here. Don't you realize you're driving one of the biggest pieces of crap that's ever been made? <laughs> But it was oh, better, and you're speeding in it. Yeah, very oh. smart. <clears throat> but oh, but it was better than walking. <laughs> Hand your license to the to the court clerk later. <laughs> you don't deserve to drive. <laughs> it was a gift. I swear, the Chevy Chevette was a gift. 
Okay, I guess we're we've about expended the, the topic. Huh? <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if the aliens have the equivalent of a Chevy Chevette. Maybe that's what happened in in Roswell. <laughs> Maybe. And our, not getting not getting off. Well, this isn't off topic, but I, I saw a thing that um, the the military is experimenting with this um, intense radar beam. Yes. Um, and and oh, this was from Stanton Friedman actually. Yeah, he was talking about UFOs, and he, and they had this this really intense radar beam that required this huge amount of energy to, yeah. to keep it going. Yeah, and it was in New Mexico, and they they think that there's a chance that because there's actually two uh, craft yeah. apparently that went down yes. near Roswell. They think that they they flew through the beam and it disoriented their whole. Yeah. Oh, that's whole, a possibility. Uh, their tracking system. That's a possibility. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Or they were just driving the piece, biggest piece of crap in the galaxy. Right. That's what their father gave them. <laughs> Why don't you take that to Earth? And... <laughs> we want to get rid of that anyway. <laughs> thanks for another great show, Walt. Yeah, thanks, Eric. This podcast is brought to you by the Trinity Whip Company. Battling daily whip fever? Sadly, there is no cure, only treatment. More whips. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship in form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Burning. TrinityWhipCo.com Or look for the link on our main page, TheFedoraChronicles.com This has been the Metaphysical Connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at thefedorachronicles.com. That's also a great way to get in touch with Walt, Jim, and Eric, and let us know what you think of the podcast, as well as topic suggestions for a future show. If we use your suggestion, we'll send you a t-shirt or coffee mug. Just send along your size and preference with your email. You can be a part of the metaphysical connection between shows by joining us on our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook by going to our metaphysical connection group and following us on Twitter at physics laxative. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes, and other exclusives. Want some Metaphysical Connection swag of your own? Get your own damn Metaphysical Connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them, yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, in form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. Find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. So for Walt, Jim, and Eric, this is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, fedora on. Let me know when you're all plugged in so we can get started. I think I'm, I think I'm gonna go.
your chair. I'm just gonna move my chair in a little. Anyway, um, in in some respect, in some regard. Did you did you turn up your microphone? It's like real loud. In Ooh, shit! Yeah, I hit the slider. Blood shooting out of Walt's. <laughs> the top of Walt's skull just like hit the ceiling because uh, my microphone was too loud. Gray matter squirting out of my ears. <laughs> whatever, whatever's left. <laughs> okay. I see now. Good, good place to start. I can't believe this. <laughs> now, now I can't stop laughing because <laughs> the image. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's gonna take me a second. So anyway, okay. compose yourself. 